With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ooh, hallelujah. Okay. All right. How's everybody doing? You seem a little sleepy. Is everybody sleepy? All right. Well, I'm going to try something here. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, all right. I'm going to start over here. And this is kind of like the wave, but this is called an amen. All right. So I'm going to start over here. And when I... When you see my hand pass you, you're going to start with the A, and then when we get over to the end, we're going to do men real loud, all right? Hey, so Jason, you ready? Jason, so let me hear Jason, wait, just wait up, wait up, okay? Oh. Just, just before you begin, okay? <laughs> Best of Jason is all the way from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Raised in Chicago, born in Michigan, lived in Michigan. Okay. All right, all right. And you've been, uh, been with us the past uh, three, four, five years now. Amen. Oh seven. Oh seven. Yeah. So off and on kind. Amen. Off and on. But 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 this time around it's all the way kind. Yeah. No more off. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard to go across that ocean. <laughs> no more. But but Pastor Jason and Linda, Linda, stand stand please. Right this. Uh, let's give her a hand. Four children. Right. Four. Okay. Brooke. Uh, Drake. Drake, stand. Amen. Okay. Brooke. It's Brooke here. Brooke. She's here. Where's Bella? Bella here? Bella's in the nursery teaching. Nursery? And, and also Zeke. Yeah. Okay. Nursery. All right. And Pastor Jason has a real heart for ministry, especially with children. But, but he's so multi-talented. You know, he's so, so gifted. And I believe that this is a gift given to us here at the Lord Church. Amen. They have a good heart, good spirits, and we love them. And praise God. No more across the ocean. Amen. No more. No more. All right. Go right ahead. <laughs> I still have a whole warehouse full of stuff in Michigan. I got to get over here. So, all right, let's try it. So, we're going to say A. So, let me hear you. A. A. Keep going. A. A. Man. All right, that was horrible. <laughs> all right, come on. Come on, wake up. Here we go. A. A. Come on. There we go. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this time that we have just to learn from your word, Lord. Lord, just Holy Spirit, just speak through this message. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. All right. It's a red delicious, it is. See, from Michigan, we have lots of apples. And in Illinois, in Wisconsin, and it's, it's all apples. So, who likes apples? You guys like apples? So we got like green apples and yellow apples and mountain apples and pineapples and apple pie, apple cider, apple cider, apple cider, apple butter. Now, how do we get an apple? From a tree. Well, where does it first come from? A seed, right. So, Ken, you got my thing up there? You can finish it. 
So we are agents of seed. And seed stands for serve everyone every day. So we are all agents of seed. Now there was a guy in the 1700s and his name was Johnny Chapman. And he started going all over America dropping apple seeds. You guys might know him as Johnny Appleseed. So we have all these apples all over the United States. I don't think he ever made it to Hawaii. But uh, so one thing in this time of year, August, September, October, when we lived in Illinois, we would always go to the apple orchards because that's the time to harvest them. And you would go and you would see lines and lines of these apple trees, and they would have to actually take you in a tractor to go to the different ones, and, and you would go with your bushel baskets and pick whatever you wanted to pick. Well, the cool thing was is you could eat whatever you wanted to eat while you were out there. So they would have like a roll of Red Delicious and a roll of Gala and a roll of Fuji and a roll of Golden, you know, all these different, the honey crisp ones were the best. And by the time you ate all of these apples, you didn't want to see another apple. So your bush would be like three. <laughs> so, so, but it was a lot of fun. But we have to take that seed to get our apple. So with just a few seeds, uh, Johnny Appleseed, he scattered all of those apple trees around the United States. Now, if you take one seed, what does it grow into? A tree. Now, how many apples can you get out of that tree? Tons and tons. Now, how many seeds are in one apple? Eight. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, hurry up and eat. We want to see how many seeds are in there. <laughs> so you get from one seed, you get many, many apples with many, many seeds. So just that one seed that you plant, you can create a huge harvest from just that one seed. Now, if we put it in spiritual terms... If you plant a seed for God, it can also turn into thousands. Now, seeds, even here on Hawaii, are very important. Because the ancient Polynesians, when they came over here in their canoes, they came over with seeds and different animals and things like that. Now, we think of bananas and pineapples and uh, mangoes, papayas, plumeria. We all think, oh, that's Hawaii. None of those were from Hawaii. None of those are natural. They're all from, like, South American countries. So all of these things that we enjoy here in Hawaii were planted from the ancient Polynesians. So we would have never had that stuff. Now, seeds are very, very important. Now, in Norway, there's this huge megastructure built underground called the Doomsday Vault. And it holds 4.5 million seeds for safekeeping in case there's ever a nuclear war. Now, you know, it's... it's uh, built under the snow, and so in case there's ever a nuclear holocaust, a nuclear blast, whatever, all of those seeds would be safe. So, you know, the scientists believe that if anything ever happens, hopefully there's one scientist left if that did happen, that he can go and he can take all these seeds and he could replant the earth with everything that we've already had. So it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, are all seeds good? No. Can one apple ruin what? Can, can ruin the whole thing. If you have one bad apple, if you have one bad seed, you can ruin the whole crop. 
So what came first, the apple or the seed? The chicken? <laughs> so what we're going to do is today I'm going to tell you what not to do, and then we're going to move into what to do. So I'm going to talk about what is a bad seed. Now some seeds hold injury. All right, everybody got your Bibles? All right, put your Bibles on your laps or your phones. Put your hands on top of your head. When I say the verse, you need to look up the verse as quick as you can, and when you have it, stand up, and Florante is going to grab the other mic, and he's going to run up to you, and you're going to read it. Okay? All right, Proverbs 18.21. I didn't say go. You've got to wait till I say go. All right, put your hands back on your heads. You're not going to mess up your hair. Proverbs 18, 21. Now go. Look up the verse. Who's got it? Sister Edith already has it. See, she's quick. That's because Pastor Bill wasn't around. <laughs> All right. Read it real loud. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. All right. So death and life are in the power of the tongue. The point is, is we get to choose whether we speak life or we speak death. We get to choose whether we're going to injure somebody or whether we're going to do uh, something good for them. Now, there's two sources of bad seeds. One is us. We grumble. We complain. We take our frustration out of others. We gossip. What's another word for gossip? Dirt. We want to know the dirt on people. Give me the dirt. And what's somebody who gossips? What are they called? A mudslinger. So, is gossip a good thing? I mean, basically, it's dirty. It's dirt. It's mud. We want to know the dirt on people. That's why we have tabloid magazines. That's why we have reality TV shows. What's up with the Kardashians? What's up with Bruce Jenner? What's up with Miley Cyrus? Who's divorcing who? You always stand there. I mean, I, I hate the tabloids, but you know what? You're standing in Walmart or grocery store, and they're right there. And what do you do? You read the headlines, and you're like, oh, what's going on with them? We're just, we want to know the gossip. We want to see what's going on. Now, the media does that because it's a moneymaker. So they're sowing bad seeds because it makes them money. Now, all of us are guilty of planting bad seeds. And we must remember that bad seeds always come back to us sometimes in our life. Now, there's a story about a couple. They were driving down the road. Now, it probably wasn't here in Kauai. And they were driving about 80. And a cop pulled him over. And he came up to the man the husband, and he said, do you know how fast you were going? The guy's like, yep, I had my cruise set at 55. His wife turns and looks, and she goes, you know that cruise has been broken for a whole year. You were not going 55. So the officer starts writing the first ticket. And then he looks down, and he notices the gentleman doesn't have his seatbelt on. And he goes, sir, you don't have your seatbelt on. Oh, I just took it off as soon as I saw you pull me over. The wife goes, whatever, you never wear your seatbelt. You know you didn't put that on. So the officer starts writing out the second ticket. And then the officer walks around the vehicle and he notices that his tail light was out. So he walks up and he goes, sir, did you know that your back tail light was out? Oh, really? I had no clue that I had a broken tail light. His wife looks over and goes, I've been telling you to fix that for the past two months. 
So the officer starts writing out the third ticket. So the husband now, he's really ticked. And he's looking at it. He goes, would you just be quiet and leave me alone? And the officer looks and goes, ma'am, is your husband always that rude to you? And she goes, nah, only when he's been drinking. <laughs> so our sins are going to find us out. All right? Whether it's our nice chatty wife or whatever. So the other source we have is the devil. All right? You got your Bibles? Bibles on your laps, hands on your heads. All right. Now wait till I say go. Job 1.6. Go. Job is in the Old Testament. Our WCBCers are learning the Old Testaments and what they're all about. And Namelli's got it. That's all right. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. All right, so the devil. The devil is our second bad source. Now, he will find a way to give us and to make us sow bad seeds. He uses bad seeds to destroy marriage, friendships, families, and sometimes our remarks can grow to become huge offenses to others. Now, Galatians 6, 7, 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now, it's impossible to change the law of God. And one of the laws that God created was the nature of sowing and reaping. You get exactly what you sow in a harvest. Now, if you were to go out and sow tomatoes, what are you going to get? Right, you're not going to get green beans. You're not going to get zucchinis. If you're going to sow tomatoes, you're going to get tomatoes. Now, you can fool others, but God will never be fooled. Now, we have this Caitlyn Jenner, all right? He's trying to fool the whole world that he's a woman, all right? Is he a woman? He's not a woman. His DNA, it doesn't matter. Every time he ever takes a DNA test, he can't change his DNA from being a man to a woman. He can change his outward appearance. He can change his physical appearance. But he will never change the DNA that God gave him. He is a man. So we can't change, you know, what we do. If we're a tomato, we're a tomato, now, we're smarter with natural crops than we are spiritual ones and emotional crops. Somehow, we think we can sow these wild oats and not reap a harvest of corruption. Yet, no farmer would ever believe that he could plant in his fields a crop of dandelions and get alfalfa instead. We will sow eventually, what we sow eventually comes back to us in an identical way as we harvest. Now, a little boy was out playing in the woods. And he yelled out, hello, and he heard a hello. So he's like, oh, cool, there's somebody out here to play with. He said, what's your name? And they yelled back, what's your name? So the little boy started to get mad. And he said, hey, what are you doing? And the voice said, hey, what are you doing? So he gets very upset. He goes more into the field, and he said, you know what, I'm going to punch you in the head. 
And then he heard back, you know what, I'm going to punch you in the head. So he got so upset, he ran home to his mom and he said, you know what, I was out in the woods and I heard this little boy and he was mocking me and every time I said something, he said the same thing back to me. And the mom started laughing and she goes, oh son, that's just an echo. She said, you know what, whatever you said to him, he's going to echo right back to you. She said, try this next time. Try to go out there next time and say, I love you and see what he says back. So sometimes, it's really hard sometimes when somebody's being mean to us, when somebody's sowing that bad seed to us, what do we want to do? We get defensive, and we want to sow that bad seed right back to him. Now, I have a three-year-old. His name is Ezekiel. He's a really, really good boy. When he gets tired and when he gets hungry, we call it he gets hangry because he's hungry and angry at the same time. Now, if we're in the car and we have... Bella or Drake sitting next to him and he's kind of in that mood he'll start pinching because he gets he gets hungry so of course Drake you know the first thing that Drake wants to do is pinch him back so my wise wife she's like don't pinch him back she said when he tries to do that grab his hand and kiss his hand and of course Drake's like yeah whatever But that's what we have to do. When somebody's sitting there pinching us and, you know, doing whatever, we don't want to go back and we don't want to pinch them or slug them or whatever. We got to come back with that good seed and we need to kiss them when they're naughty. Now, one dangerous thing about sowing... (laughs) Okay, maybe not. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Going on. One dangerous thing about growing bad seeds is that it's addictive. It's like taking pain pills. You take all these pain pills when your arm hurts, and even when your arm stops hurting, you're just so used to taking these pills, you take them even when you don't need them. Now, sowing bad seeds, it becomes natural. And, you know, if we're yelling all the time, we get used to, that's just our voice. We want to yell all the time, so our normal speaking voice is yelling. Now, that's wrong because we keep sowing these bad seeds. Now, it says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it says, For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So now, even if we're doing good things, we can do everything good in our lives. But if we have a bad bad attitude towards it, if we complain every time we come in and we're cleaning the church, or we argue with somebody, you know, well, I'm supposed to do this and blah, 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 and I'm the best person in the world to do this, and I can mow the lawn better than anybody else, and I can preach better than anybody else. We're not sowing good seeds. Even though we're doing the work of the Lord, we're sowing bad seeds. So we have to be careful that we, you know, our intentions may be good, but we're doing it wrongly. So I have this video here. It's called Wash Your Feet. And these are people that have done good things, but with a wrong attitude. Nice glasses. Oh, thanks. I have 20-20 vision. I don't really need glasses. Oh. Well, I used to have perfect vision until I caught an eye disease while on the mission field. So, glasses, it's totally worth it. Um, where did you do mission work? I spent an entire week in Africa. Well, I was in Africa for an entire year. 
It's amazing how much you get to know Jesus when you're there for that long. Where were you in Africa? I rescue orphans from there all the time. Really? I wonder if you rescue them from the orphanages that I build there. I don't think so. Oh, you wouldn't probably know that they're mine. I don't have my name on the building or anything. I prefer to remain anonymous. <laughs> oh, well, I prefer to remain anonymous too, but when you do so much for Jesus like I do, you just can't help but be known. Listen, I have built so many hospitals and churches because I care about the body and the soul. That's nice, but I don't need a church to save souls. I just preach from the side of the mountain, like Jesus. Well, if you would come down off of that mountain, you would know what people really need, like I do. Oh, please, like you know what people need. Me and Jesus, we're tight. Look, you guys wouldn't even know Jesus if he came up to you with a sign that said, I'm Jesus. Are you kidding? I've brought more people to Jesus than Jesus. Well, he wouldn't even have a ministry if it wasn't for me. Jesus. What are you doing? Do you love me? Do you really love me? Then follow me. Well, that's kind of powerful, wouldn't it? Sometimes we get so caught up in doing, doing, and doing. Are we really doing it for the Lord? Or are we just doing it for ourselves? So, bad seed. Opposite end, what's a good seed? Good seed is hope, encouragement, serving one another. There's a parable in Luke. I'm going to read to you here. Luke 10. It starts off, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus answered, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So here we have five different things that happens in this story. All those three people, they, they had things. And one was 
They had a consciousness. We need to have consciousness of others around us. We need to be conscious of everyone. Now, it's, it's very easy to walk around with your head down or playing on your phone, and you're kind of missing everything that's going on. I've seen videos where they've done tests of people texting and walking or texting and driving, and they are totally oblivious to what's around them. They had, like, costume characters and gorillas running back and forth. But the people were still just paying attention to their phone. They didn't notice anything else around them. Now, it tells in the story that the Levite and the priests did know he was there, but they chose not to go after them. Now, you know, sometimes we just don't have time to handle somebody else's problems. And it's not always easy to see people that have the needs around us. We have to really develop that. So we need to have a consciousness. Next, we need to have compassion. The Samaritan man stepped out of his life to show compassion to the man. Now, I was born in the 70s, so I'm considered a Gen Xer. Now, I was kind of raised on the Three Stooges, Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny. And if you, you remember all of those, they're all pretty violent cartoons. But they made them in a way that it was funny. And like America's Funniest Videos, I mean, all of these different people getting hurt. We're trained to think that that's hilarious. So as I was growing up, if I some, saw somebody trip and fall, the first thing that I did was I started laughing because that's what my brain was used to. My brain was, oh, it's not going to hurt when somebody gets hit with an anvil. I mean, it was funny. So you have to step out of that mindset that you are in, and we have to have compassion for people. We don't want to look and say, oh, they're okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to worry about it, or just laugh at them because that's what we're so used to doing. So what compassion is all about, it's seeing someone else with a need and then be willing to do whatever we can to help the person with his or her need. Not because the person deserves it, but because God has put us in a position to help those in need. We have to put us into the life of another and that he has provided us with the resources that we can meet those. So we have to put our, basically we have to put on somebody else's shoes. Now, true compassion, it's not just an emotional feeling. It's an act of will. It's a decision on my part to serve the needs of another regardless of how I feel about that person. So we have consciousness, we have compassion, and next we have contact. Now we have to get involved. Now, the Samaritan didn't see the guy that was hurt and walk up to him and call 911 and have somebody else, you know, do the job. No, he got in there and he had contact with him. He put himself in jeopardy to take care of somebody that he despised, and that they despised him. So while he was helping the guy, he could have gotten jumped. He could have gotten robbed. And here he's helping somebody that he didn't even like because they were from you know, a different country, and it just so happened that they were in a feud. Now Jesus, he went out, and he touched people. He didn't just heal them from the mountain and say, okay, you're healed, okay, you're healed, okay, you're healed. He actually went out and he touched them. He touched the guy with leprosy. He touched Peter's mother-in-law who had a fever. He touched and spit in the mud and put it on the blind man's eyes, and he was healed. He touched the deaf. He touched the dumb. He touched the dead. 
and they rose. He touched the ear of the soldier that Peter cut off and healed him. He didn't just do it from afar. He didn't just do it from his prayer tent. He went out and he made contact. Now we have to get involved. Now what if this parable were told in today's sense? So say we're walking down the road and we see a homeless man that needs help. Are we just going to walk past him? I'm sure we do that all the time. What if it was a transgender? Somebody that doesn't dress the same way as we do. What if it was a Muslim? What if I bought a drunk or a drug addict passed out on the side of the road? What about that crazy lady that lives over here next to Walmart and you see walking all the time? I mean, that's the people that we need to help. We need to be conscious of the needs. We need to feel compassion and we need to make contact. But we also need to care. That's the next one. The Samaritan quickly assessed the situation, and then he immediately began to care for the needs of the injured man. He saw that the man was badly injured, so he tended to his wounds, and then he transported the man to an inn where he could receive further care. James fourteen seventeen says, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Now, when God brings us into the lives of others and gives us the resources to meet their needs in their lives, and we fail to care for the people, we only rob the other person of the help God intended for us to provide. We may say, you know what, I don't have time to do this. Somebody else will be out there. Well, what happens if that somebody else doesn't come and help them? So we're robbing somebody of that blessing, and we're also robbing ourselves from the blessing that comes from serving others. Now, when we're conscious of the needs of others, when we're compassion, when we're willing to make contact and care, there will always be a cost. Now, when the Samaritan man stopped to help the stranger, he incurred several costs. It cost him his time, something that the priest and the Levite apparently weren't willing to give. It cost him a great deal of effort, and it cost him some of his resources, He took his wine and oil and used them to treat the wounds. And when he got to the inn, he provided the financial resource to make sure that the man would get the continued treatment that he needed. Those two silver coins represented the two days wages for a typical worker. So it was not just a token or a gesture in his part. So whenever we choose to serve the needs of other people, there is always cost involved. Sometimes it's our time. Sometimes it's our emotions, sometimes it's our financial resources, but oftentimes it's all three. So we need to be conscious, we need to be compassionate, we need to make contact, we need to care, and we know that there's going to be a cost. Now there's three types of people. First, there are those like the robbers who look at others and say, everything you have is mine and I'll do whatever I need to get it. Then there are those like the priests and the Levites that said, everything I have is mine, and I'll do whatever I need to keep it. But then there's the Samaritan who says, everything I have is yours, and I'm willing to give all I have to meet your needs. Now God has given us freedom. We're free to do whatever we want. We're free to be like the priest and the Levite and walk away. It's not against the law. But we also have the freedom to help, and we have the freedom to choose, and we have the freedom to serve. 
We just have to be willing to do so. I have one last video here. It's called Free to Serve. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.